Hey guys, thanks for checking out the Bucked Up Podcast. If you don't mind hitting the like, subscribe button, we have new episodes coming out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you guys so much for checking it out. This episode is sponsored by Exotic Roots Hydro, which I have to give a huge shout out to. They are a huge supporter of the podcast, and I'm really happy to be working with them. If you're ever in Rochester, New York, and you need to learn about any of your hydroponic needs, go to their shop. You can follow them at Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. Shout out their whole team. They have an amazing venue space. Uh, They're going to be putting on tons of events. Just make sure to follow Exotic Roots Hydro on Instagram. And if you're ever in Rochester, definitely stop by. Let's get back into it. It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Now he fucked up! Were you a stand-up first or podcaster? Stand-up, yeah. All right. So I basically, I uh, I knew I wanted to start a podcast because I, as you probably know this too, you'll see podcasters who aren't even that funny get booked a ton just because they've got like a massive audience. And I thought I was genuinely very funny. And I was like, I would love to get booked more. So I'll just start a podcast. And I was trying to think of, you know, what is um, what is common to the human experience? What is something that we all like meet at one point in our lives or experience. And um, so I thought of like death podcast, like food podcasts, like all these different things. And then um, it kind of lined up that while I was doing stand up and seeing all these other comics, uh, especially ones with vulvas talking about their orgasms on stage, I kind of had this like late in life realization that the fact that I had never had an orgasm was more uncommon than I thought. Um, like in the majority of my life, I was just like, oh yeah, like women don't come because like you hear guys saying that all the time, which is like, oh, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, okay. So either we don't come or to come, you have to be one of those really, really lucky people who like from two seconds of penetration, like Samantha Jones in the sex in the city, like you just see her screaming and you're like, Oh, okay. Well that doesn't happen to me. So like, maybe I'm just not meant to come. And uh, yeah. So I started seeing these other comics talking about their experiences and I would go up to them after the show and I'd kind of be like, Hey, that joke about the five orgasms, that was really funny. And they'd be like, that wasn't the joke part of the joke. And I would be like, oh, okay, wait, so you're really doing this? And they'd be like, wait, are you not? And then they would kind of just give me um, advice, like assignments, so to speak, informal ones um, that I could do to maybe make it happen. And at that point I was 28 years old and I kind of in the back of my mind was like, I think my body is just broken. So sometimes I would try the assignments, but more often than not, I would just give up. And then eventually I was like, oh, wait, um, this is the podcast. Like I need something that's going to hold me accountable. Uh, If I'm broadcasting something publicly and making these assignments, like formal assignments, like I have to do them before the next week, then that will make me get there. And spoiler alert, it did. I blew my load, you know, episode six, season one. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. We say congratulations at, at how come, but, uh, yeah, then I thought I might shut it down, but it turned out there was way more I still wanted to learn about my sexuality and 
um, different ways that I wanted to orgasm. Uh, and then also other people's sexual proclivities and just kind of like trying to make them feel normal. Cause that was really what the podcast afforded me in the first place. Besides the orgasm, it was just like this sense of camaraderie that I had never experienced before. Cause nobody was talking about not coming. They weren't even talking about coming, let alone not coming. Um, so that was really nice for once I said it, other people were like, oh my God, I have this very same problem. And I was like, okay, so let's do this with other things that people are struggling with, um, and make them feel more included and more okay. And, you know, lead them on a journey to self-love and pleasure. Was there a moment though, that you're like, all right, I am going to start broadcasting this, like make this a podcast. You said, hold yourself accountable. Was there like a, yeah. a moment? Um, I cannot pinpoint the exact moment, but I will say there were a lot of times that I had done recordings and then decided this is too much information for the world. This is scary information for the world. And I would just bank them or throw them away. Um, I think I started recording in 2017 and I didn't launch until Christmas, 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. When I started this podcast, it started from a self-help place where uh, mm -hmm. I had gone through a breakup and a girl had told me all the shit that I hadn't, that I was doing wrong. And An I, exit like, interview. We love to see it. Yeah. And I had uh, pushed it all <laughs> away and started doing the worst shit. And then uh, I was mm -hmm. like, nah, I went through a, a DMT trip, actually. And okay. it, uh, and it re showed, it made me realize, oh, I do need to change these things. And mm. uh, that's when I started the podcast. But when I started the podcast, I like wouldn't smoke on camera. I was scared to like talk sure. about my like real feelings, like real yeah. shit. And I had to kind of. Not it's on record. Exactly. It's recorded. Like it's my crazy. Mom, like my yeah. grandma can listen to it. Like someone that works with. You like, know about my grandma. Yeah, I I actually was just listening to a clip of you talking <laughs> about your grandma. Is I that... literally lived with my grandmother when I was starting the podcast. She's now passed away. Rest in peace, Nan. We love you. We're Rest obsessed. But recorded the whole first like three years of the podcast in my grandmother's house. <laughs> like we would literally have porn stars coming in and out. And like, I'd be like, oh, you want to meet Nan? And she'd be like, hi. That's <laughs> like, so, it was so insane. No, so I'm in I'm in my studio, the st my producer studio in New York City right now. But I mm -hmm. live at home in Massachusetts, and I travel and stay in hotels for the podcast, interviewing rappers and stuff. Oh, cool! Uh, and comedians, but this is <laughs> mostly rappers, I guess now. But it, I'm I a start, rapper, yeah, sure. Yeah, you better have to stick some bar. <laughs> you have to. It's a freestyle at the end of the podcast. No, I'm mm -hmm. just. But, if you uh, slap my bum, it'll make me cunt. No, I'm <laughs> but I would bring these rappers into my mom's apartment and they would be like, she doesn't get like, she doesn't really get it. So I would be like telling her stories about them being like, oh, this guy just got out of prison last week mm -hmm. and now he's coming over for a podcast. And like she I feel like it would probably be the same way your grandma reacted. Yeah, my grandmother, I think I, I wouldn't even tell people's professions specifically before they met them or before she met them, like, I would just be like, yeah, this is Aaliyah or whatever. And then Aaliyah would leave and I go, Nan, she's done porn. <laughs> would your grandma be cool with it? Yeah. 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 Now my mom's a big rap fan, but it was funny when I started like, like she gets, you know, she gets worried. Well, you know, comedians were worrisome. Yeah. How old were you when you started comedy? 
I, yeah, that was a tough question. I think, okay. This is a long story, short story though. You can edit out as much as you'd like. I don't um, edit anything. This is a, this is an unedited <laughs> whoa, hour. Whoa, whoa, whoa. My rap made it in. How embarrassing. <laughs> okay. So I, um, I graduated college and I had taken a few acting classes in school because it's always something that I enjoyed. I've always been obsessed with comedy and, um, uh, one day after an acting class, I got really drunk with two classmates. And one of them was like, oh, I got to go. I have improv practice. And we were like, oh, what? You do improv? And she was like, yeah, like, do you want to come? And we were like, yeah, we have this like liquid courage. Like, we'll do it. And I had the best time ever. Um, I was just like, this is such a fun opportunity to get weird with a bunch of strangers. Um, and then I like resumed my studies and I was trying to go into like a more traditional profession. Um, when I graduated, I was dating an entrepreneur. And at the time I also wanted to be an entrepreneur and I had invented this expandable leather belt loop called the tuck. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be the next, next as seen on TV thing. I just need to raise money for it in raising money for it. I had to start a Kickstarter. And if you know, Kickstarter, you have to make like a commercial on it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I could either um, hire an actor or and like a script writer, or I could do this stuff myself. So I started writing with some of my funny friends. And I also started taking improv classes. And the the thing it made its money. Uh, it was really great. But what I really got from that is people saying, hey, the product's good, but like the commercial's awesome. Like the writing is funny and like you're funny in it. Like you should do something like this. And I was like, oh my, I really have always wanted to, but like I'm an Upper East Side, like private school kid. Like you don't throw away that education to do comedy. You marry for money and you live your life. Um, no, so I, uh, I was like, okay, this is the permission that I actually need. And I kept doing improv. And then um, I think I was like 24 then. And, um, one night I did an improv jam, which is when you perform with a bunch of strangers. Again, you put your name in like a bucket and this guy who ended up becoming my friend was like, Hey, you were really good. Um, you should do stand up." And I was like, I've always wanted to do stand up. Like, how do I do that? And he really taught me like the ropes of like starting your own show in the city or like getting booked on other people's shows, doing mics, all that stuff. And um, helped me a little bit with joke structure and then just kind of was like, okay, you're ready. And yeah, so I guess um, improv was like 24 and stand-up was probably like 25. But I always wanted to do stand-up since I was like 14. Yeah, I, I did improv first before I did stand-up. Yeah, because it's a gateway I, drug. Yeah, I, uh, I went to a place called Cushing Academy. So I went private school. I got uh, tuition there. So I had to like be all preppy with the people and doing that i was like st improv's easy because you're not telling your truth like you're not like saying mm. uh but that sounds so stupid i i regret i wish i could edit that out but no, uh, it's, no but it's, like with stand up you have to get up and be like all right you have to expose is, yourself this is who i actually am so that took that's why i did improv first and it took mm -hmm. me some time to get into stand up improv is interesting too because it's really group based and so if it's like if it's going well you're like, oh, the group is doing great. But like, am I doing great? I'm not sure. If it's doing poorly, you're like, am I shitty or is the group shitty? And that's why I kind of like stand up better because I'm like, I know who's to blame, <laughs> like whether it's a good thing were or a bad thing. Were you open growing up? Like, were you, what were you like? 
personality was? Um, I think I've always held things closer to my chest than I would have liked to. I think like the Upper East Side itself is a very facade place. And so you don't really want to tell people too much about yourself because exposure is vulnerability and vulnerability is weakness up here, um, which I've completely like turned on its head. I feel like my vulnerability is now the most powerful thing about me. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't having too many conversations about actual pleasure when I was telling people about like my sex life, it would be in the vein of like, Oh, well, I got this guy, you know, like, Oh, this I'm flirting with this guy. Not like I came today, you know, or like I learned how to masturbate, which is like, is that where your like secretness came from? It wasn't like family. You weren't like family life hiding that stuff. It was, it was all sex. Um, I think, Family too, we definitely, you don't want to out your family for being weird or fucked up. That was my thing. My family would be like, don't you dare say all the weird shit that's going on. Yeah, I definitely, I still. was a little bit more open, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I was always open with like my close friends about family stuff. But yeah, same thing that like if I was having like issues, I wouldn't necessarily tell the whole world. Yeah, I I wasn't open with my close friends about family stuff until way late, until like Mm. senior year of college. And then when I did that, that's when I was like, all right, I can get up on stage now. Because like if like the people closest to me, I can finally open up to, then I'll open up to anyone. I don't really really give a fuck anymore. I think it was my friends who started opening up to me about their family stuff. And also my mom, whenever I would be like, oh my God, our family's so fucked up. She'd go, you don't know what happens behind closed doors. And so I started kind of like digging into like my friends' family lives and being like, are you guys okay? And they'd be like, no. And I'd be like, okay, cool. Us either. Yeah. Do you have siblings? Yeah. I'm one of four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where are you in the lineup? We've got two boys, two girls. I'm the first girl. Okay. All right. I'm an only child. So I guess that 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 throws a whole other thing in it. Definitely. I mean, I was always able to talk to my siblings about things that were going on. Yeah. So whether it was like, you know, I don't know, our parents are fighting or something. We wouldn't really tell our friends, but we would tell each other and we would like confide in each other and keep each other safe. You said you wanted to be a stand up since you were 14. Was that really like in the back of your mind? Like, that's really what I want. Oh, yes. To do? Oh, yes. I am. Um, famously downloaded kazaa do you remember kazaa mm-hmm. and most people would download music off of kazaa and like i did use it for music too but i would mostly download um comedy central half hours of like upcoming comedians that i really thought were cool and i would watch them over and over and over again and just like memorize what they were saying i just thought they're the most clever and i i've always just like like life sucks to me mostly, but when I'm laughing, I'm so happy. Mm. Are you still like that? Or was that what you were like back then? Still like that. I'm still, I'm trying to get better at, you know, meditating and gratitude and all that stuff. But yeah, I have a, a generally pessimistic mindset, but then when jokes are involved, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's laugh. When thing goes, when things go well for you, when you get success, do you feel it? Or are you like me where you're like, all right, what's the next thing? I immediately start feeling stress about how do I share this on Instagram? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> while not gloating, but also like being prideful of what I did. It's like instant stress, instant panic. Most of the time, I literally, I recorded an hour of stand-up, December 2nd. I have not put out anything from it because I'm just like, well, I don't, I don't know have how you, people are going to perceive it. Have you watched it? I've watched it. Yeah. Do you like it? I love it. Are you wait, just waiting? Why? Why? If you love it, then why aren't you putting shit up? Because I'm crazy, man. I will eventually. <laughs> no, I feel you. That's awesome, though, because I was trying to look for more clips of your stand up. There are I, none. I know. I <laughs> there are none. I literally had a stranger yell at me the other day because he was like, oh, you do comedy? Where can I find your clips online? I go nowhere. He goes, how do you advertise yourself? I was like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel you. The Instagram shit's so tough because that's how you get success. Like, that's how I've gotten all my, like, success. Mm -hmm. And I don't even have, like, a crazy following, but I I get, like, it's worked. Like, this is now my full-time job. Like, that's crazy. That's awesome. I, you know what I think it is, too, is when I started the podcast, it took off um, at a time when people were not sharing clips. Like, that wasn't a thing. It was like, you're burning your material if you put it online. So I was like, okay, I'll just like use the podcast as the way people find out about me. And if they come to the show, then they'll like, like it. And then I got into this kind of heady space where I was like, oh shit. Does everyone just think I'm sex girl? And like, that the only reason why anybody likes me is because I'm helping him have orgasms because literally I'll have people come to shows instead of being like, that was so funny. They'll be like, you helped me come for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yay. But like, did you laugh? Um, <laughs> but what was your favorite joke? <laughs> what was your favorite joke? And she's like, I don't know. I was thinking about how my life has changed. I but, was coming uh, in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so then I, I started to really doubt myself as a comic and I was like, oh shit, maybe I'm not funny. Maybe that's why I didn't take off initially. And like, I should just keep my clips under wraps. But now I'm in another place where I have this hour. I know it is funny and I'm kind of excited to show clips because people will be like, oh shit. Like she is funny. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and if not, then I will stop posting clips. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's, um, there's a lot of psychological stuff. Yeah. How do you get out of that box of like, I don't even think people put you in like one, like I don't want to get put in a certain box of being mm -hmm. like, you know, how do you get out of that mindset? It's hard. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to it in a way because I am happy that if somebody has their first orgasm and it's because of me or it was inspired by me or something like that, they know that I'm a hub that they can come to. I love that. Um, I think that's great. My friend Kelly also has a, a podcast about being, or is, I don't even know. Yeah. Is she a My friend Kelly has a show about um, being a survivor of rape. And she was telling me the other day that a lot of people will tell her their stories too. And I'm like, that's so heavy, but like, isn't it nice that somebody knows they can come to you where otherwise they might not have anybody to talk to. Um, so in that respect, I'm like, yeah, it's cool to be in this box because then people know where they can find me. Um, but then I have to remind myself that I've never really lived in a box completely. I'm, I'm kind of like a jack of all trades. I'm an octopus. I have my hands in a lot of different things. Um, and 
I've never wanted to just be one thing. I think it's like always fun to diversify what you're doing. Um, Cause like, if you fail in one thing, then like you can go to your other box and stuff. Like before I was doing this full time, I was doing real estate and it was like comedy and real estate are two different forms of rejection, which is tough, but it's like, okay, so you're not doing well in comedy, go to real estate. If you're not doing well in real estate, go to comedy. Um, so yeah, but it, but it is, it's tough to, to have to remind yourself that you are multifaceted. And that just because you branded yourself in one respect doesn't mean that that's who you are as a person. Yeah. And it's tough. That is a, it's a tough thing because then you're like, Oh, do people like me for one thing? But then you have to realize not like, yeah. The reason I ask that is like when people come to you with personal things, is that that weird to you? Cause when people come to me for personal things, I almost feel weird because I don't even want people to listen to the podcast as weird as that sounds. Like I'm just doing it for like my, cause I don't want to go to a therapist. Like, you know? So like it's weird when people come up to me and say like personal things cause it's like, you know too much about me already. I feel responsible to tell the men out there that podcasting is not a supplement for therapy. I'm just, that was uh, a go, joke, go, everyone. No, no, I, no, I know, I know, I, I know. Go to therapy, but also, um, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think, I think it can be, it can be tough if they ask me personal things about myself. I don't really appreciate that. Like this guy this morning slid in was like, does squirting feel different than like a normal orgasm? And I was like, please direct this question to how come, like, don't send it to my personal DM because then I feel like you're trying to establish a sexual relationship with me. And I really don't want to do that. Um, I do not mind it when people ask me about their personal questions at all that I feel like, um, is my job. Is it tough? Yes, it is. And especially in the beginning seasons, when people would ask me things, I would kind of break down because I was like, I don't know anything. That's why I started this because I'm so ignorant. And now I feel this huge responsibility to tell you the right thing. And, you know, sometimes I would just leave them unread and like, not really get back to them. Um, And now I know uh, if I have the answer, I will answer it. If I don't have the answer, I'll try to make an episode about it where we get an actual professional who can speak to the question. Mm-hmm. But no, I definitely don't mind. That's good then. But even at, like when you do stand up, mm-hmm. is is your stand up? What's your because there are no clips. Are you like are you personal? Are you like are you telling stories? Like I talk a lot about um the podcast obviously and like the journey. So there's sex jokes and all that stuff. I talk about my boyfriend and our personal life. I talk about pop culture. Um, yeah. I love Harry Potter. I love twilight. I, I do a lot of voices. Um, so that gets thrown do in you? there. I ha- oh are yeah. You, are you good at voices? Yes. I, that's my I, thing. Okay. I'm, I can't do any, I can't do any accents. I can't do anything. Oh, it's my favorite thing. I have a moaning Myrtle impression that I wrote when I was 16 that I still do. And it's like, I've been trying to retire it, but everyone's always like, Oh, that joke. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> How long did it take for you to get an hour? Um, I guess like seven years. Cause that's how long I've been doing it. 
Um, and I really didn't realize I had an hour. Um, I think the pandemic was like a really nice time for me to just kind of like sit with my thoughts and my notes and like look through the different sections that I had. I was like, how much do I have on animals? You know, like, oh, can I put that into 15 minutes? Okay. Can I put sex into 15 minutes? Can I put weed into 15 minutes? Can I put, uh, my boyfriend into 15 minutes? Can I put TikTok into 15 minutes? Oh, okay. That's an hour. Like, um, so yeah, I, that was, that was surprising and cool. I, I like literally didn't intend to do an hour. I had just booked a headlining spot and they were like, yeah, you can do a 30 to an hour. And I had recently seen this other comic on Instagram post that they had done an hour. And I've always thought they were way less funny than me. So I was like, I should just do an hour then. And so I did. <laughs> you need that shit for motivation i need that shit oh my god spite i chew it up and i use it like rocket fuel <laughs> that's so funny wait i have to read you this thing that someone commented on one of my videos today that i thought was so funny that i'm i posted on instagram just because they go uh Man, I can't even lie. I used to make fun of you way back in the day, but you really got it popping now. Good shit, man. Congrats. That's so <laughs> funny. Isn't that the funny? I don't know who this is. I don't know if they mean like at the beginning of the podcast or if they knew me as a child. Like, I don't know what that is. But Can that... I tell you a funny similar story? Of course. I, um, do you know Triple Crown? No. Okay, so Triple Crown was like where indie improv comedy lived. Oh. And when I was like on my improv team, we used to have a monthly show at Triple Crown, like down in this basement. And when I started doing standup, I was like, hey, you guys, I think I'm gonna start doing this. And they were like, that's great. Like, would you like to open our shows with 10 minutes of standup? And I was like, hell yeah. So I would do that. And one time I was leaving the show and I saw three people I knew from high school, like up in the bar area. And they were like, hey, and I was like, what are you doing here? And they were like, oh, we came for the show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's starting right now. And they were like, no, we came for your show. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, we just saw you perform. We thought you'd be horrible, but you were really funny. And I was like, well, thanks. And fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My grandma, when she met one of my girl exes, she was like, I don't know why he's a stand-up. He never was funny growing up. Well, I think a lot of us were quiet, right? And like, yeah. I think stand-ups aren't funny. I think regular people are funny and stand-ups mm -hmm. are people who aren't funny who then try to prove it that they are funny by going on stage. A thousand percent. I was actually looking at my old high school yearbook and we had like superlatives and stuff. And one of them was dream reality. And my dream reality was makes funny jokes as my dream. And my reality was kills funny jokes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did you put that yourself? I did. Or did they pick that for no, you? No, I did. <laughs> Damn. That's so sad. <laughs> At least I picked it, though. But yeah, also, it's I sad that, like, none of my friends wrote one for me. So rude. 
Yeah, what did I get? I I just lost a bunch of weight my senior junior year of high school, so they got like most changed, and I was that was my I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I just lost a lot of weight. You're like physically sure, but I still need a lot of therapy. <laughs> no, I just needed a podcast. <laughs> just needed a podcast. <laughs> I just needed a podcast. Oh, uh, when did you start? When did people start coming to your comedy from the podcast? Almost immediately. Um, I was running a brunch show at the stand every Sunday called Bacon Bits. And uh, yeah, that's when I started first meeting companions like live in the flesh. And uh, yeah, they would come to like the How Come Live shows too, obviously. But for stand up, that was like the first thing. Immediately, though. Yeah. So your podcast took off immediately? I got so lucky Um, because this is a very niche or it was a very niche topic at the time. Like people were not talking about a lack of coming. Um, I was very sought after by different news outlets. um, And one of them for was uh, my sister used to work with, um, she used to work at last week tonight with John Oliver and she was a producer and a researcher. And, uh, one of the women that she was working with eventually went to Fox to work for explained, which is a show on Netflix. And they were putting together an episode on the female orgasm and they were trying to find somebody who had never done it and was willing to talk about it. You know, it's like that first part. Okay. There's a lot of them. Second one, nobody. And she remembered Charlotte talking about me because Charlotte was doing a lot of my research. She used to like co-host some episodes. Um, She produced the second season and she contacted her. She's like, would your sister be open to like doing this on Netflix? And I did. And um, that made it explode. Like it literally downloads went from like this to that. How long into you doing that did it? It was really early because they asked me to do it right before I had accomplished my goal. And then like two weeks later, I did it. And I was so scared to tell them that I'd actually come because I was like, oh my God, they won't want me anymore. (laughs) Like, I can't tell them about this. But then, but they were even more excited about it because they were like, that's kind of the point is it's not that women can't, it's that people haven't. Yeah. And yeah. So. Wow. So really early on, really, really early. You said you weren't able to enjoy successes. Were you able to enjoy that? Or was the you coming ruin the enjoyment of the Netflix thing? Well, me, I literally, I had my first orgasm and then I started crying because I was like, do I have to end my podcast? <laughs> like, You couldn't so, even enjoy that. I couldn't even enjoy that. Um, yeah, it was, it was exciting for sure, but it was also very nerve wracking because I was like, like you said, I don't even want people to listen to this podcast. Like, yes, I do, but usually I want people who are seeking me out because they have an issue, not just because like I popped up on their Netflix screens and they were like, Oh, there's a lady who can't come. Um, that felt super exposed to me. And I actually, I felt like lucky that I did come before because if I had recorded it saying I can't, I can't, 
I can only imagine the amount of messages I would have gotten saying, I can get you there, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, And I really. Yeah. Is your Instagram a toxic place? No. That's good. I have, I have made a very hard line with people. Um, If people speak to me inappropriately, I'll usually, I won't ever show their names, but I'll show the content of what they shown or sent. And I'll be like, Hey, this is weird. And here's why. Or like, don't be this person. So people pretty much know not to do that to me. <laughs> no, I feel you. Yeah. Because I, I get any, like, I people always tell me it shouldn't affect me. But, like, messages, and I definitely don't get any messages like you probably. Trying to yeah. fuck yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, this, uh, I've never, this one girl messaged me. This is so crazy. Mm-hmm. She wanted me to hook up with her so I could talk about it on the podcast. Like that was her like thing. Ooh, little clout chaser. Yeah, but I then it's like she's sponsoring the podcast. Like I just I can't do that. But no, I don't get crazy. This podcast is sponsored by pussy. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't get, but like bad messages do hurt me. Like people say they shouldn't affect you, but like negative shit does affect me. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely had people come in. I've gotten rape threats. I block them. Um, I have gotten people saying, you look like, um, what did he say? He said, I looked like, like Sergeant Bill or something like that. Some old Jim Carrey character that looks like this. Like he's got his like super buck teeth. He's like, you look like him when you smile, like, and like, no wonder you're a horrible person. You're a dyke. And I had like just come out as bi, so it should have hurt me, but I was also like feeling very affirmed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I blocked it, you know, like I just, I can't, I can't care what every crazy person on the internet thinks. And especially someone who's going to send a mean message first or I don't know, I feel that predatory one. I'm like, I, I don't really need to waste my time on you. Yeah, no, that's, but it did make me cry that day. And I'll never like forget it. I was just like, okay, I have to like instantly block now. Yeah. No, that's, that's probably what I should do. I just, yeah, I'm too. Blocking is so powerful. I need to be better at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Blocking and muting. That's the only way you stay sane on the internet, I think. Yeah. When, when the, uh, when the, I mean, looking back, of course it was, you were able, you did very well with it, but like when the <laughs> opportunity came, uh, like with Netflix blowing up and all that, did you feel ready for the opportunity? No, not at all. Um, I have an intense case of imposter syndrome still. Um, and that's something that I have to combat like, you know, a few times a week. Um, I, I remember actually complaining to another podcaster about my imposter syndrome. And she goes, I don't have imposter syndrome. Why should you? And I go, well, you should too. Like, I don't, I just think as podcasters, a healthy dose of imposter syndrome is important. Otherwise you go around saying, thinking like your word is gospel. And like, I definitely don't think that of myself. Um, So yeah, I'm the same way. I get it real bad. And then I feel, I don't want this to turn into fucking people who have things going on fucking complaining, but it's Being true. sad. 
But it's true. It's but like everyone does. I, I mean, not I everyone. Know. A lot of people at high power jobs feel like this. Um, and that's a lot of mothers, a lot of parents feel imposter syndrome, you know, like yeah. it's a very common thing. Um, our thing is just that we decided that this was our profession that we're interesting enough to listen to. Yeah. And so sometimes when you're not feeling interesting enough to listen to, you're like, oh, I'm such a dumbass. You know, mm -hmm. there's so many other funnier, smarter, more empathetic people like who should be doing this job. Yeah. Yeah. I try to the thing that the thing that does. So I do three episodes a week and I don't miss Jesus. A, and I don't miss a week. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know I know and that's the one thing that that's the only thing that can keep me like happy is like no matter what I am probably working harder than mo like releasing more episodes than most people mm -hmm. and that See, I'm like, I feel the opposite in that I will take massive breaks during seasons um, sometimes within a season if I don't think that the episode is like good enough i'll just be like you know what i'm going to record another one in three days it's going to come out 10 days late but it'll be better mm -hmm. um but i think it's like how you work you know like if that makes you feel good to pump out three then like fuck yeah yeah you know i if, don't i don't edit anything i just go right. and i set up different places and i get to do cool things like i get to be celebrate like thanksgiving with danny brown in detroit and do mushrooms or go so to sick. like just set up anywhere not edit it but Mm -hmm. you do get the imposter syndrome where you're like, but what? But even editing gives me imposter syndrome because I, I will I can't edit. do it. I can't yeah. listen to my, I hate listening to it. I can't listen to my own voice. Oh, I'm not even saying listening to my own voice. I'm saying edited Remy. She could sound very different from Remy in real time. Mm. And so sometimes I'll be and like, I'll yes, Remy in real time. That was, that was, what I wanted out of the podcast. But then when people do start coming to comedy shows and they see you unedited, I think there's a little shock to their system. Yeah. That's so fun. When people come to my con, when people see me do comedy, I'm much darker than I, cause this is like a self-help podcast. Exactly. Like, in quotation marks. I just, but like, this is a positive podcast. And then right. stand up is like, that's where I get out. That's where I like get out all my anger. Right. I mean, I have a whole, um, like 10 minutes on wanting to commit suicide. And when companions hear that, they get like sad, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. they're like don't. And I'm like, I won't, maybe. No, <laughs> <laughs> oopsie. <laughs> Oops. Um, but yeah, that, that was um, definitely tough for me in the beginning. And when they started coming to that show, I was like, I think I just need to explain to you that there's, there's three me's there's Remy there's podcast Remy and stand-up Remy and Remy is in the middle of podcast and stand-up Remy. So if you are getting offended by stand-up Remy, please don't judge Remy um, or podcast Remy. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't know. Also, I think it is important when I have a fan that is sensitive to something, I will take it in and likely try to change something or help the joke along. Yeah, I don't want to like get anyone mad. Like, I don't want to get anyone sad. Yeah, uh, yeah, upset. Like, uh, yeah, sad, angry. It's that's not the point of it. I uh, are you gonna release the hour as an hour, or are you just gonna cut it up in chunks? I think I might just chop it up. 
I might put it on Patreon in full. We'll see. This is so bad. Is the Patreon thing, is that good? I've been thinking about. It's good. That's where I put all of our unedited episodes. Mm. So if somebody wants to see the real time, how the flow went, even like how the technical difficulties were, um, they can see that and they can see me being a total bitch to my producer and (laughs) 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 And then noticing I'm a bitch in real time and being like, oh, God. Um, But yeah. Do you believe in coincidences? Like uh like with the the Netflix thing, the start in the podcast, like do you believe in like omens? Do you believe in like I believe that things are meant to be, yes. Okay. I've actually been having a huge things are meant to be year so far. Um Robin, my producer, uh who I've been working with living in New Zealand for 3 years. We've literally been working remotely and she wow. just came over to the US for like her first trip and meeting me and stuff. And, um, when she arrived, it was on one eleven, and that day a TikTok had mentioned our podcast and it shot us up to the top comedy or no top all time charts one eleven, Um, and we just kept seeing one elevens everywhere. And we were like, Oh my God, this is so meant to be, this is so exciting. Um, and now this month, everything is about twos. Um, cause my first orgasm was on two, 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 uh, yesterday was two, 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 or two, 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 two. <laughs> and we released season five and on two, 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 two will be my come anniversary. And we're going to show, throw like a huge stand-up show and like really celebrate it. Cause I never threw myself a party. Oh, that's and cool. Where's the show? It's at caveat. Okay. You should come if you can. I'll try. Um, I'll see if I can comp you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. We only have so many and I've got a big family, but I'll I try. I can, I can get a <laughs> ticket too. I understand. Big Jewish family in New York city. <laughs> I, I understand. It's a lot yeah. of tickets to comp. Um, I'm not hurt. Yeah, about that. We, I'm, I'm glad. Please don't hurt. I, don't, I never want to hurt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've just been feeling like everything's kind of been falling in place. And I, I even think that imposter syndrome was meant to be, because if I didn't have it, maybe I would have gotten like really big headed and said some like flagrant shit that like, I don't actually believe. And so I'm, I'm happy that I've taken like moments back from the podcast to kind of like ruminate on myself before becoming ready to like lead again, so to speak. No, I feel you. I was, I was like in a lost place for a couple, for like six months where I still did the podcast and all, but you know, outside of it, you know, you're just kind of like lost. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I try, I've been meditating and journaling and doing yoga every morning and really trying to like, Oh my God, go off. I every day I even did it here and there. I slept on the, their couch last night and I woke up early and did the meditate, my head space and yoga, awesome. with Sarah, yoga with Sarah Beth. And then uh, I journal and that shit, that shit really does help. Like, yeah, it does. That, I like, need to get back into it. I, I, I meditated for like two months and then I was like, I'm healed. <laughs> but it's like a, I was taught like I was taught this with a diet because I went through like eating disorders Same. in high school yeah. and shit. But it's like you have to choose something that there's never an end to. Like it's mm. never like there's never an end. It's like podcasting. It's like, all right. <laughs> I'm so, like It's like comedy. It's like, when's the end? If you never. really want it to be never like and that's how I have to think about like 
my daily practices or mm -hmm. my like my career, anything. I have to create something that is going to give me longevity that I can do. Yeah. And I, I think short, I do 15 minute, 10 minute, 10 minute, 15 minute, 10 minute uh, meditation, 15 minute yoga, 15 minute journal. I do 10 minute TikTok, 10 minute Instagram, 10 minute Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I try so hard not to look. I try to do it before I look at my phone in the morning. No, it's so smart. That's my so boyfriend literally, smart. he was like, because I do, I have a phone addiction and oh, I have. So I do too. How, how many hours? I'll look okay. at mine right so now. So wait, last week it said I was down a few hours and it was six hours a day. <laughs> I'm at like seven or eight. I'm not at my highest, that. it's been 11. I've never gotten to double digits. I've never, yeah. I, I sit right around eight, nine. Lockdown was a scary place. Um, I like lived in TikTok, but um, were you yeah. in the city? No, I was in Portland. So my, my boyfriend Portland, is a comic. Yeah. Portland, Oregon. Um, he's a comic too. And we went out there to visit his parents like March 10th. And um we were both doing some shows there and he was supposed to go to Austin for shows then. And I was supposed to go to LA and we were going to meet back up in Houston for shows. And then LA got canceled and Austin got canceled and everybody in New York was like, Hey, um, maybe don't come home. And I was like, okay. So we spent 16 months locked down with his two parents who are the loveliest people in the world. Most people would be like, that's a nightmare it was actually like really, really fun. And it was nice to be in like, like a, a place with a lot of nature and a lot of weed. And, um, yeah, but yeah, I was on my phone so much. Okay. I was, yeah. I tried to get out in nature as much, but the phone thing, it's so bad. Like I wish I could have a flip phone, but then no one's going to listen to my goddamn podcast. <laughs> if you need two phones. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I have a lot of friends with two phones, but it's different reasons. I, I should have, yeah, drug dealers and sex workers. <laughs> no, don't, don't, no snitching. That's rule number two. Download <laughs> Signal, baby. They're all on there. Um, yeah, no, I've been thinking about the two phone thing, too. Actually, I don't know if you're watching the new Sex in the City reboot. You're probably not. <laughs> not I'm sorry. But Harry Bradshaw. That energy? I don't know. Everybody should be watching it. It's so bad. It's a fucking train wreck. Um, it's like a it's like a how to in not script writing. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like don't do any of this. But it's so bad that we love it. But anyway, Carrie, I think still has her like weird BlackBerry for some reason. But then she's got her iPhone for like Instagramming and podcasting. Hmm. Oh, like you? Yeah, you only pick it up when you need it. Only for work. Yeah shit's oh, but then that's just another expense god damn it is and then i also feel unsupportive of the other artists that i follow like if i'm like yeah. not scrolling and not liking their shit i'm just like oh that's so shitty like you're such a bad friend <laughs> <laughs> no i feel you a flip phone in the woods would be great mm. getting to that point but then i get would you so let bored take, would you let someone take over your instagram yeah, if they could speak in my voice and they would consult me on stuff, hell yeah. I used to do that for restaurants. That was like my job. I would like run Instagrams for restaurants. Cool. But after yeah. like do their voice and shit. Yeah, I mean, my personal Instagram would be tougher because it's literally a, what I am hyper fixating on that day or week. Like, yeah. 
I'll do like a 60 part Instagram story on Hilaria Baldwin. What are you, um, what are you uh, hyper fixating on right now? Nothing. I'm, I'm podcast mode. Cause oh, we're yeah, cause your new season just came. Yeah, exactly. Do you do one a week? That's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's really late. How long of a break did you take? This time? I think it was only a month, but I've taken like four months before. You just do it when you feel right. Yeah. Um, sometimes like the subject matter is really heavy and it takes like an emotional toll on me, whether that's like, just like feeling upset about the stories that have come in um, and not knowing how to fix them. Like I really hate when I can't help someone. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that will put me in the lurch. Um, or again, like what I was saying that I'm like, Oh God, I don't know what I'm talking about. I need to take this time to to figure that out. Yeah. Do you take breaks from stand up? Never officially. Um, I think a lot of people, like recently, friends of mine have been considering quitting or taking a break or whatever. And I've been like, okay, do it. Just like don't tell anyone about it. Cause like nobody knows that you're not actively doing anything they might just assume you're working on some other project or like nobody's really thinking about you as much as you think 100 percent. and then like when you're ready to come back just come back like i think about bo burnham went away for five years came back with inside and it was like the best album of the year yeah um so yeah sometimes i will be like okay i'm not really focusing on stand-up if a show comes my way, maybe I'll do it. If I really don't want to do it, I won't. But actually, before my hour, I canceled every show that I had the week before, which is supposed to be practicing time. And I was just like, no. Why? I don't want to go outside. <laughs> I don't want to be seen right now. I don't want to pick clothes. I don't want to tell my jokes. I'd rather just sit with my thing, read it take time, watch TV, like watch some other art that I can critique or like feel good about. Like sometimes I think you just have to take care of your brain. Mm -hmm. And like, a I know a lot of comics would go, that is the most insane thing I've ever heard. You don't cancel your shows before you do a big show. Like you have to practice or whatever. But all I'm thinking about is how do you take a break? How do you let your brain take a my if I take a day off, my brain is starts becoming the meanest person. That's why like my brain will become the meanest troll on the internet in the entire world. Like Are you talking about writing or performing? Anything. Like if I don't do something for, like if I don't do something for my podcast, for comedy, for like, if I don't work out, if I don't do something, like my brain just becomes so mean. Well, that's capitalism, baby. Um, <laughs> but also, <laughs> I'm sure you are doing other things. You yeah. know, I'm sure when you're not uh, like I took a writing, day off and I skied yesterday for uh, two days ago for myself. That's something. So that's like, fun. I needed that. Like, that was fun as shit. Smoked and a that's like on a the top of the mountain. Fuck yeah. Hot box the Gandhi. Exactly. No, this is <laughs> Wachusett Mountain doesn't have any Gandhi. No Gandhi. No Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> Hotbox the Apreski. 
Yeah, <laughs> just people being so mad in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got this smell-proof bag from Cookies, and it's definitely not smell-proof. Like That's I have my, so funny. I have my dab rig in there. I got my weed in there, and then I'll walk into like a nice restaurant, and I just know, like, it's definitely not. Oh, people stopped inviting me to baby showers because they're like, "Bitch, you reek of weed." And I was like, "I don't need to be here." <laughs> I was at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant, and the waitress apologized for the weed smell, and then realized. it was me that's so funny <laughs> mm. um no but what you were saying is that like when you feel bad if you're doing something other than working i literally just had this talk with my producer because we had these shows in la planned and we had a show in new york planned and They both ended up getting canceled because it was really COVID-y in LA and then New York wasn't selling well. And I think we just didn't do promo properly, but there was also COVID there and we didn't want to cancel the shows, but we were also like, it feels like the right thing to do and no, 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 whatever. And I was happy to cancel them because once that weight was lifted, then I could just enjoy like helping her tour around and like talking to her for the first time in person and like, really like, just like enjoying life without it being work-based. And I said to her, I was like, I feel like this was a massive realization for me because I never would have taken this trip if the show wasn't planned. Mm. Like I wouldn't have come to LA. It wouldn't have been a thing. Um, and like, I'm happy that that all happened so that I am reminded that like, no, life is worth it when you're not working as well, you know, like you're Yeah. still worth something and, and deserve it, dare I say. <laughs> Get rid of that imposter syndrome. Yeah. But thank you for this. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with me. Oh my God. You've been so fun. This was fun as shit. Um, do you want to I hate plugs, but you can plug your shit. When's it coming out? Good question. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. okay so um I, I like back end a lot of my episodes. I like because mm -hmm. I record. I'll do like six in two days or something. So then I don't have okay to record for a week. well if it ends up coming out tomorrow i am opening for jr de guzman at levity live on the fourth fifth and sixth there's two shows every night Oh, that's awesome. He's super hope funny. you come he's so funny um He's also like one of the most sensitive boys I know. And Really? Okay. yeah, we literally, we have a, a episode with him called how sensitive. And um, yeah, so I'm really pumped to do that. It's my first time at levity. So long Island come out. Um, if this comes out after that, You have Hey, your show. Hey guys, come celebrate my own anniversary with me on February 22nd, 2022 at caveat nine o'clock doors, nine 30 show. It's going to be a raucous good time of stand up and first time stories, um, for me and our former guests. And, um, yeah, any other shows that you might want to hear about sign up for remycasmere.com or howcomepodcast.com. If you want to connect with us on the internet, I am at Remy Casmere on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and how come has those same channels as well. Man, thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to try to come to your show and uh, hopefully our paths cross. Yes, I hope you come. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Bye, Bye. everyone. Bye.